This is a podcast from Minute Media. You know what? It's probably from all that rookie hazy we got as a rookie at some point. Got a veteran probably said, you better not wear sleeves when you come out, man. And after that, we've been scarred for life. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays with Jolly St. Nick Mangold, the seven-time Pro Bowler on the Hall of Fame ballot. Look at him. His Jets covered last week. Welcome into Nick Mangold and greatest show on turf, left tackle, Hall of Famer, also in the Christmas spirit. A big week for Orlando Pace, who busted the one and two. He was two and one. He actually beat Nick. Congratulations, Orlando. Let's start right there for a second. Look, I'll take a win when I can, man. I'm telling you, last last week, you guys were like, hey, it's over. Concede, Orlando. And then I come back with a two-win a two win uh, week. So I'll, I'll take that win when I can. Uh, you know, obviously, um, I was stuck on one and two for a number of weeks. So to get over that hump is, is big. So this is the craziest uh, time we've seen in the NFL since, I don't know, last season. You've got uh, guys getting the chance to play that, that no one's ever heard of. Some of them are actually representing uh, and, and helping their their teams. But uh, look, if, 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 if Nick Bangles lining up to play center, Orlando's at left tackle and you're looking to your right, you're looking behind you and you don't know the guy who's there just off the practice squad or whatever picked up. I mean, how difficult is this for guys right now when you've got a third of the team missing uh, yet uh, there's also a lot of talented guys out there. Like uh, Nick, how, how do you look at this for guys who are actually able to play each week? Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think, you know, with the world that we're in with this COVID stuff and, and the way that, you know, they had this onslaught for this past week where you're looking at 10, 15, 20 guys are getting dinged um, from each team, you know, that it, that is, you know, unprecedented and no one's ever seen it. I have had times where I've been in the huddle and a wide receiver will come in um, when I was, you know, some of the not so good teams. And so, you know, we're churning through people and wide receiver will come in and introduce himself in the huddle. Like, yeah, I just signed yesterday. Like, nice to meet you guys. Um, and so it's very odd and, and weird. You're like, ah, well, you know, this is where we are. Um, but for teams, you know, that usually happens for, for teams that are not doing well. You know, the, the COVID doesn't care if you're, you know, if you're 10 and three or three and 10, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, so you could have a, a team that's really rolling and not have the guys that they need um, because of the virus. So I feel like it's got to be an unnerving thing knowing like, hey, listen, I could wake up tomorrow, feel fine, test positive and be like, oh, I can't play. And so now the next man up. And so um, it, it's got to be a wild time in the NFL and, and especially in that locker room, knowing like you could just be a ticking time bomb and you have no idea what's going on. You have no idea whether you're going to make it, whether you're the guy next to you is going to make it. it. It just it seems like that uncertainty, it would you know kind of creep in to the everyday life. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those difficult times. Uh, teams typically go through it throughout the course of a year, but uh, to Nick's point, it's normally a bad team. But when you see good teams going down, you got new guys coming in with their opportunities uh, to play in the National Football League. It's good, but if you're playing next to that guy, you just want him to make plays, right? And you try to help him out as much as you can, especially as offensive linemen. You know, make the calls. Let's just stick to it and go. If we're wrong, we're wrong. But we're gonna we're all gonna be doing the same thing. But, uh, you know, the, but it's just so it's so odd and weird, man, when you got a, you know, a, a, a New Orleans Saints team that uh, that didn't have their coach missing the third of their players and, and can shut out a Tom Brady team. 
uh, that, that has Super Bowl aspirations. This is a wild, wild year, man. And some, you know, so you just never know from week to week. And and that's what I'm blaming my picks on this year, man. That's why I've been wanting to for so long. Two follow-ups on that. Bigger impact, a head coach or coordinator missing or, I don't know, cornerback, offensive lineman. One is, is what's what's the bigger impact, missing a player or missing, like, literally the head coach? Um, that, that's tough because I think the bigger impact personally would be the guy next to you. So like to me, if, if my, you know, left guard that I've been playing with all year, all of a sudden isn't out there and I got a new guy there. Um, I think that to me would be a bigger impact personally than a head coach. Um, but for the whole team in general, I, I think the head coach, it would be difficult, but I think the coordinator would be more difficult depending on what your head coach, you know, where he is, is he an offensive guy? Is he a defensive guy? You know, you lose your offensive coordinator, the guy that's been calling plays the whole time, um, and now all of a sudden you got a new guy calling plays. You know, I think that rhythm, trying to find that rhythm in the first quarter would be very difficult. So I think there's two philosophies for me. I think it's one, team-wise, it would be tougher to lose a coordinator rather than a, a head coach. Um, and personally, I think as a player, it would be tough to lose the guy next to me. You know, if it – if we lost like the middle linebacker, that really wouldn't affect me. And, you know, it, it wouldn't matter as much, but if we lost, you know, my left guard, that would kind of change the whole game up uh, for me as a player. Orlando, do you trust the NFL's integrity on this? Do you, because now they're doing random testing, random groups. So, I mean, are they testing Patrick Mahomes before the chiefs play a playoff game? Do you trust that they'll do that? I, listen, uh, I don't <laughs> look, I, I know they're doing less testing this from everything I hear, but I don't think they're, I think, I think they won't be testing the Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers of the world, just because those are the big name guys that, that, that's kind of, that's going to drive this league and they can't push, they can't really move games back. Their playoff schedule set. The Super Bowl is always going to be, you know, on, on that same date. So uh, yeah, I think there's probably, they're probably testing like the, you know, the, the guys, the third or fourth string guys, you know, randomly. I would I would say that. Um, and no more coaches will probably be uh, tested randomly either. But it's just it's just the way the way the game is now. And, and uh, it's so much going on. Um, I don't think none, any of the big game, big name guys will be in the protocol anytime soon. So but I think they need to go to the bubble format. I just, I just think. Because, you know, you get into the playoffs, man. Everybody needs to stay in hotels, try to keep everybody safe. I think that's the way to go. And I think if you have a smart team or smart organization, they'll do that. Hey, for the playoffs, we're just going to stay in the hotel. Sorry, you know, you got to sacrifice your family. Uh, but, you know, we're going back to, like, camp and, and, and have everybody in that bubble. Nick, I see you smiling and nodding. I'm guessing you don't completely trust the NFL's integrity on, <laughs> on all integrity issues. <laughs> I, you know, I trust them as far as I can throw them. Um, I think they, they are doing the smart thing um, in general with the testing of, you know, if, you, if you're if you fully vaccinated, you have your booster and you've done all the things that you can do, if you're not showing symptoms, I don't think we should be testing you. You know, I, I don't think there's any point to it. Like, I think we're, we're chasing after things that, that don't, don't need to be found out. Um, if you have symptoms and, and those things, you know, especially as a vaccinated person, you, that, you know, then you need to find thing, these things out. But, um, you know, with the way that they were just doing a blanket testing, you know, all, all over and the way that the the new variants are rolling through, 
you know, it, I feel like they were just looking for trouble instead of just, you know, going along. But when we talk about the random testing, um, you, it, it's always, you know, you'd show up Monday morning and somebody who had uh, a huge defensive game, you know, maybe three sacks and a forced fumble or something, all of a sudden would randomly be selected for the steroid testing. Like, yeah, and how random is that? You know, like, come on, let's let's be real here. So if we're going to, if we're manipulating testing as it is anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think Brady's nose is going to be swabbed until after the Super Bowl. Uh, that's just, yeah. that's how it's going to go. And I'm not, I'm not totally opposed to it. If every day people walking around that's, that's vaccinated, booster shots, whatever it might be, nobody's testing those guys. If they're not showing any symptoms or anything like that, I would say only test the guy that's showing some symptoms. Uh, I could get roasted for that, but that's just, that's part of what, you know, it is, right? You know? It's the wild west of COVID. Everybody stay safe out there and, and, and we'll move on. But uh, this is, this is the biggest story in the NFL right now. Uh, Listen, I I want you guys to uh, get on the competition committee. I want you to get, talk to some referees and there are just some really odd calls that go on in literally every NFL football game that fans are scratching their head and they just, it's, it's exhausting is how I would put it. So Orlando, give me an NFL rule that you would change if they came to you and said, Mr. Pace, we want to make our game even better or, uh, you know, any, any, something that would be more equitable, however you want to look at it. What, what, what NFL rule would Orlando step into and say, you know what, get rid of that or add this, however you want to go? Uh, you know what? Um, I would probably say ooh, tough one. Uh, I would probably say defensive holding sometimes, uh, just being alignment. Sometimes those guys hold it. They don't call it nearly as much as they call the offensive holding in the trenches. Uh, guys trying to keep linemen from going up to the backs. That's just one of them that, that uh, you know, I, I think that, that, that should be tr- should not be changed, but be emphasized a little bit more. Uh, the NFL, the one thing they've done, they've done a great job of cleaning up the game a little bit in terms of, you know, guys taking these guys out, knees out. But I think just the defensive holding from that standpoint. And then is there a way we can speed up the replay pr- process a little bit? I think that one of the things that they do, sometimes you're watching the game and they got to, you know, they, you know, they, we, we can see it ourselves that it's not holding or not a fumble or whatever it might be. I wish we could speed the game up a little bit would probably be my biggest, biggest, uh, biggest thing I would love, love to see. Um, all right. You're, you're going down a whole path here. I got, I got a lot of problems with these people. All right. I'm going to hear them. It's season of Festivus. I got problems left and right. Um, the, my first one being, uh, and I like that Orlando went defense holding because that is that as an <laughs> offensive lineman, it really honks me off. Um, taunting is one of the big ones that really makes me mad. And it's usually on, on defense. And I don't care for those guys anyways, but you, you got to be able to let guys play. It's an emotional game. You know, there, there's going to be taunting. That, that's just how it is. Trying to eliminate the emotion is just making guys robots. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't think it's good for the NFL. Um, the other big one that I would – really take a look into is roughing the passer. Um, and, and as we all know, I'm a big supporter of protecting quarterbacks um, and taking care of those guys. But some of these calls is just, and, and they're not called equally. You know, Tom Brady gets roughing the passer if a guy breathes on him. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, can get meleeed and they're not going to say anything. And it's just, it's like, you know, it's, it's the haves and haves nots. You know, are you the veteran? Are you the face of the NFL? You know, we're going to, we're going to protect you. 
Are you a new up-and-coming guy um, that is trying to earn his way? We don't really care. We're going to look the other way. Um, so it's not done equally, and it's done too much. And so that would be the big one for me. Like quarterbacks are, are, are really taken care of too far. Um, I think you, you, I do. You, you see those old films, and you see these guys – like quarterbacks back in the day, I mean, they would get if, – if they had a sack, they would get destroyed. And that was kind of one of those things. It was like, you know, that's part of the game. And so we've, we've tried to take that out of it for player safety or, or whatever, but I think we've gone too far where, you know, a guy's hand hits the shoulder pad and it's like – and the flag comes out, it's 15 yards, you know, we're moving down the field, it's first down. So uh, those would be the two big ones that I would I would really look into – and I mean, I would eliminate taunting immediately and then roughing the passer, try to find a way to, to find a more um, a better way to make it more equal and to lessen the severity of it. Our big man. Yeah, bets. I, I, yeah, go ahead. I know. No, I agree with you. Uh, and I know you speak Aaron Rodgers the other the other couple of weeks ago. I was watching the game and he looked at the ref because somebody pushed him after two steps. They threw the flag. The next series, Justin Fields get grazed around his face mask. No flag. I'm like, dude, this is the, the equity of the cause, man. It's ridiculous. Uh, and, and, you know, so I think everybody should be treated like either like Tom Brady or everybody should be treated like, you know, if, if they touch them, you know, they, they should be, you know, roughing the passer. The equality of it should be better. I agree with that. I, I want to know if my O-linemen are feeling a little sympathy for the defensive secondaries out there. You, tr you go for the ball. You follow through the ball. You end up hitting the guy – in the maybe you get his helmet but it's after you get the ball and they're and they're calling penalties on these guys or you're di you're diving to make a tackle and uh some guys are making tackles and they're and they're getting called for a penalty because for for targeting for it, it, how, they can't even, i don't I, to me that like that that's that is like that how do you, how are you supposed to play football if you're these guys you're trying to break up a pass at a thousand miles an hour it's ridiculous Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, tough to call. Yeah, it, it sounded like he had. There was a personal, uh, personal uh, cause this weekend that got, went against you a little bit, Mark. <laughs> well, it, it, yes, in in the bear game, but like I listen, I don't care. The, bear, the bears are done, but I just like look, man. Like, come on, that's not. We've all been watching football our whole life. We know what football is. We know what football is, and that dude just had a sweet breakup of a. You know, that's an incredible play, uh, and I don't know. Uh, pass interference to me is exhausting too. Like there's gotta be, there's some context gotta be allowed out there. Okay, great. You crack the guy, uh, you know, three seconds before the ball's there. That's pass interference. The, the a battle down the sidelines. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, and I think that it needs to be equity in that too. I think when, when sometimes you can, you can touch guys past five yards and some games they're really physical. Some games are not, it, it varies. And, and is there, there's no real consistency in that pass interference uh, calling. All right, we, we teed up a lot of issues there. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Topic three, love you for watching Big Man Bets. Thanks to everybody out there. Uh, MVP, three weeks to go. Brady gets shut out. Aaron Rodgers rising. Chiefs on a roll. Patrick Holmes back in the conversation. Top three for your MVP in order. The pressure's on. Oh, Orlando's already just at the big size. <laughs> you can answer this however you want it, but I'm asking it that way. Top three MVP. I love an order. Orlando, I'll, I'll let you go second here. Nick, what, what do you got? <laughs> let Orlando stew over this one. Um, so 
even with Tom having a, a, an off night, I, I feel like the Buccaneers always have trouble with the Saints. Like it, it, in recent years, it's just it's been a struggle. Um, I, I'm still looking at this one. Aaron Rodgers is, is still, I think, my leader, so he's number one. Um, the, the wild card that I've thrown in there now, uh, after watching him and after seeing some of the performances that he's made. Uh, especially the way that he was still able to, to run the ball against New England, knowing that New England was doing everything in their power to stop him. Jonathan Taylor from the Colts, um, I think he needs to be talked about in the conversation. So I'm going to put him at number two. And then I'm going to keep Tom at, at number 3A, um, just because I feel like his yards, his touchdowns, the way he's been playing are, are still up there with Patrick Mahomes being 3B. So I gave you four. Um, it was only three numbers. I did the A and B to, to make it better. Um, but I think that's that's my order as it is right now. Creativity, thy name is Nick Mangold. I, I like it. I Completely allowed. Good job. And, and Jonathan Taylor, look at you getting props from big man bets. Orlando, go ahead. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably playing the best football right now. He has the best, you know, obviously has a, a really good skill set and a good team, and he's doing it week in and week out. Uh, I like I've been riding the Colts bandwagon lately. I like Jonathan Taylor for what he's doing. I hope he should be the clear cut winner just because what he's been doing. And I love to see running backs win the MVP. And then I'm going to have to go Patrick Mahomes, although he's not having a great season. I think he's set the bar so high, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, but he's 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 coming on slowly but surely. And I think he'll down the stretch, he'll he'll make a run for MVP. So those are my three. And then obviously Tom is, is another guy. But as you know, it's all subject to change. Uh, you know, with Tom being shut out last week, that's why I put moves him down to four. But those are my three three top uh, MVP choices. Offensive player of the year, are you guys giving it to Taylor? Or are you, you going to go Aaron Rodgers, Orlando? Yeah, I'm giving it to Taylor, man. I think he's done what he's done, uh, you know, obviously with the Colts and, and his rushing and, you know, in, in a passing league where everybody's passing and running backs are splitting time, he's, he's getting it done. Uh, so I love to, you know, I love to see him run the ball and, and what he does on the field for, for the Colts. Yeah, I, I like that too. I'm, I'm going to stick with that as the offensive player of the year. Um, it's going to be a big challenge these, these last couple of weeks to, because everyone knows that he's going to run the ball and will he be able to still run the ball even though that everyone knows it. And he proved that he could against New England. Um, New England who does their best at stopping your best weapon and making you win with your second and third option. Um, couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor. So I feel like he's going to continue on and I think he should win it um, because I feel like voters are always going to give the MVP to a quarterback anyways. So at least this gives him some hardware, you know, as an offense player, because he has done a fantastic job running the ball, you know, doing these screen passes. Um, I think he's, he's played really well. I noticed in your top three, as per always, uh, it's rare you get a defender in there, but so let's do defensive player of the year, Nick. Who, uh, who, who, are you, who are you giving the crown to? Um, I know he's a rookie, and I don't like rookies, but I, I love what the kid in Dallas is doing, Micah Parsons, um, the way that he's playing, the way that he's getting after guys. Um, I, I feel like he's elevated the, the game of defense, and you, know, you always need to be aware of where he is. I think offensive coordinators have to plan. Like, all right, you know, here's where he's going to be, and here's how you know, we got to stay away from him. If you're getting that type of planning, I think you should be in the talk for uh, defense player of the year. Yeah, I like I like Parsons too. Um, just you know, even though he's a rookie, I think he still has an opportunity to win it. 
Miles Garrett with the Cleveland Browns is having a phenomenal year in terms of sacks. And then TJ Watts, a guy, when you watch him play, you just, you know, he, he's a difference maker on the field. I know he's been injured a lot, but he's almost unblockable when he's out. So um, obviously those are my three guys in terms of defensive player of the year. So, but, but Parsons is, is what he's doing as a rookie is, is second to none. You don't see rookies coming into the league that could put that kind of pressure on offensive tackles and, you know, and opposing offenses. So, you know, you almost got to give give it to, to, to Parsons as as defensive rookie of the year and, uh, you know, defensive player of the year. Does, does Nick Mangold have a rookie story where you just would not talk to a guy or did something that you feel guilty about that you want to get off your chest right now? <laughs> uh, no, I don't feel guilty about anything I've done. Um, did I make a couple of rookies' lives difficult? Uh, possibly. Um, my client cannot confirm or deny that. Uh, but it's just, it's one of those things. Like I, I didn't like myself as a rookie and I haven't liked rookies since. So it's just, it's one of those, one of those mental blocks that I have, um, rookies just, they, I don't like them. There's nothing I can do about it. I, you know, it's nothing against them. I'm sure they're all great people. Uh, I just don't like rookies. Wait, wait, what, what did you do wrong as a rookie that if you, if older Nick could have talked to rookie Nick, you would have told him what? Uh, no, I actually, I mean, I think rookie Nick was, it was a fantastic rookie. Uh, you know, I, I kept my mouth shut. I did as I was told. Um, and you know, just, I, I took it and, you know, thank you, sir. May I have another. So I think as a rookie, I was, I think I was the best rookie there's ever been. Um, I still just, I, I, I still didn't know anything. I didn't have any experience and you know, that as veteran Nick, um, doesn't like people that don't have experience. I got it. I got it. So <laughs> what do you, what do you think of that? Rookie Nick is the, was the best rookie ever, Orlando. I, I love it, man. And I, and I, and I, and I, I love the way Nick couldn't really get, go into detail because the statue of limitations, he's not sure if it's still out there. Any, any of that rookie hazy, he, he doesn't want to talk about whatsoever, which I get it. But the best rookies are the rookies that don't say anything, just go to work. And as I was leaving the league or my last few years in the league, you start seeing these rookies come in and they're just talking like they've already arrived. And those are the worst type of rookies, man. I'm telling you, you want to, you know, you want to, you know, not, I'll be quiet too, but that's old school NFL football, man. Rookies have to know their place in that locker room and in your offensive line room, just be quiet, work hard. And that's it. See, Orlando, Orlando wouldn't have been able to handle 2014, 2015 rookies. I mean, every one, every one of them came in. They all knew exactly what they needed to do. They all thought, you know, their poo did not stink. Um, yep. They knew everything there was about the world. It was, it was harrowing times. Like if you thought 2006, seven, eight range was bad, I can only imagine. And I know when you were coming in, you're like, who are, like, dude, because the rookie, yeah, I would have been pulling my hair out, man, or something. Or, you know, catching the case or something, man, at that point. You're like, dude, shut up, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, holiday season, team. We'll, we'll let the rookies alone here uh, for the rest of the show, at least. Uh, loved it. So, the Washington football team, and, and this is interesting on both of your sides because, of course, uh, Orlando, you played most of your career in a dome stadium, and uh, and Nick, you were in, in freezing cold New York, at least, uh, at the end of the year. Um, not the most cold, but you guys ha had some weather. So the Washington football team uh, is bringing their benches on the road for warmth, which is 
super bold and not cheap, but hey, the NFL's got a lot of dough. But uh, I want best strategies for cold weather. Where you sat, what you did, how you made it, like, I don't know, maybe it didn't even bother you, but like best strategies, cold weather. I guess, Nick, you have a little more cachet in this one, although Orlando, you played a year in Chicago too, so there's that. But uh, Nick, why don't you start here, your cold weather strategies. Yeah, um, so first, just the traveling with benches, I don't really understand it um, because uh, any cold weather team that you went to, they would have benches on the visitor side that were the exact same thing that you would have at your home. Um, you know, there were the heated benches where you have the little flaps, you stick your feet in them, the hot air comes out, like it's a whole big thing. Uh, so I don't understand traveling with benches. It just seems stupid. It seems like uh, a ploy to say, listen, we have our own benches. Like it, it, it seems like a complete waste of money just for clout, I, I guess. Um, but those things actually, you know, for me, the heated benches, sometimes it was too much. And so, like, I would have to put a towel down before I sat down um, and, you know, because they would just get too hot. And, you know, some guys liked it. To me, it was a little too much. Um, you know, I put a towel down and it, it, it would be fine. Um, the biggest thing for staying, the, the worst part of cold weather games was not being on the bench because, you know, they have those jet engine heaters, they have the heated benches, they have the little thing for your helmet you put on, you know, so it keeps your helmet warm. Um, it, the worst part was if you were out on the field and you went to TV timeout and you're standing in the middle of the field, TV timeout, the wind is swirling, you can't go to the bench. Uh, there's nothing you can do. You just stand out there. You can't move. You're like you're not going to be doing sprints up and down the field to try to stay warm. Like that was that was the absolute worst time. And so um, the best thing I could do, you know, they come out with water. I would, immediately I would take um, the trainer's towel and I would just wrap my hands and I would just hold my hands and be like, please stay warm, please stay warm, because I never wore gloves. Um, and so that was the biggest thing for me was wrapping my hands up, trying to keep them warm. Um, but it was, it was never the sideline sideline was always fine. Cause with everything they had, it was almost like you were in this heat bubble, but when you're out in the middle of the field and TV timeout, forget about it. Like that was, that was you're like, Oh my God, this again, like, we're, we're doomed. Um, that, that, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my process was, uh, obviously no sleeves, but I would double up on the Vaseline. The Vaseline helps cut all the all the, you know that's so that's an offensive lineman trick. Just put it all over your arms. It helps cut the, the you know the temperature down. But as a left tackle, I was pretty fortunate because when I went over to the the sideline on a really cold game, normally I'm sitting on the edge of the the sideline and that heater's blowing, so I'm pretty warm there. So to your point, guys on the sidelines are, are you know it's, it's it's heat everywhere, so you don't have a problem. Uh, you know, staying warm on the sideline. But those those TV times out, out on like a Monday night game or a Sunday night game, they seem like they're they're for it takes forever to get back on the field. And as as the cold is just whipping through you, you're like, dude, let's get up. Especially in the fourth quarter, you're like, dude, let's get out of here. It's it's, it's too much. Right. So uh those are the those are the tough times. My the Vaseline helped me tremendously. Uh also make my guns look good too. So uh that that, that was the big thing, man. But uh those are just things that I, I always use in cold weather games. So two follow-ups. Number one, and, and don't take this the wrong way, but what's wrong with you guys? It's 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, 10 a.m. You're running out there. It's freezing. Why wouldn't you put sleeves on? Like, what's what's the – I don't I don't get it. Like, can you <laughs> go into the mindset, please? Uh, I, I don't – 
I don't know what the real mindset is other than we're a bunch of big idiots. Um, but that was, that was the rule. Like it was just, it was one of those things. Um, I guess in our minds, it showed weakness. If you put sleeves on, it showed that you were weak. And I mean, it makes no sense. And in any rational thought, you're like, well, that's stupid. Like, wouldn't you rather be warm and, and be able to move and everything? But in, in our little bubble of a world, um, and what's crazy is like practice, I used to have the thermal. I'd have a sweatshirt on. Like I was decked out. Like I, I had a hat on underneath my helmet. Like I was, I'm bundled up to the nines. But we go out, we go out on Sunday, no sleeves, nothing. Um, I think the most I would ever have on, I had a cutoff uh, thermal turtleneck, and that was that was the most I would do. Like there, it was, it was never sleeves, and I was just, it was because we're, we're big dumb idiots that you know that's what we do. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? It's probably from all that rookie hazing we got as a rookie at some point. Got a veteran probably said, "You better not wear sleeves when you come out, man." And after that, we've been scarred for life in terms of our, you know, toughness. But yeah, in practice, I'm bundled up, man. I got two layers of everything on, man, trying to get through practice. Uh, but game day, you got to be tough. You got to look, you know, like you're tough, and the weather doesn't affect you, man. But trust me, it affects everybody. Does does any game stand out as like that? That was the coldest day. It was absolute brutal. Does that, does anything jump to mind? Yeah, we were playing Green Bay on a Monday night, probably late November, and it was just the ground was frozen. And every time you put it down, you could just hear the ground. Just you know, you know, this is this is before the actual turf was down, but it was like, dude, what are we what are we doing out here? Like guys, and there's offensive linemen. You love it because those defensive linemen aren't moving nearly as fast. So you like, dude, all right, because everybody's cold out there. So you like, dude, let's just run the ball. I like when because if the wind's whirling, we're not gonna pass it 50 times. So we're just gonna run it. So it's really an offensive lineman's dream where we can just run the ball and you know and, and you know do our thing. So yeah, we uh we played back to back games. It was 2009. Um, it was when we get in versus Cincinnati uh, at the old giant stadium and it was frozen. It was freezing. Like the wind, you know, would be whipping around and that, I thought that was the coldest game I played in. And then we had to go to, so we made, we beat them, got into the playoffs and we had to go to Cincinnati and play them again. And it was even colder in Cincinnati. And I just remember sitting there and it was just like, I thought we were done with the cold. Like, you know, we, we, we did this, we, we've already done this. Now we, we've traveled and it's now even colder. Um, those back-to-back, -back, those two back-to-back -back games was probably the coldest stretch I think I've ever gone through. Y'all are men. I, I, big men bets. Damn it. Let's go. I, 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 I thank you for shedding light on, onto the, the mentality. And I, I do like, I feel a little better. At least that you get during practice, you get, you get decked out. That at least makes me feel like, all right, there's some normality totally going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> holiday gift time. You can give whatever you want to one team in the NFL, except, you know, your family here. So no gifts uh, for the jets, Nick in Orlando, you don't give the, the Rams anything, by the way, they've gotten enough this year. If they don't have enough by now, it's uh, you know, yeah, Hey, they, 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 they've, they've got a lot of gifts or Orlando. You want to start here? Holiday gifts for someone uh, around the NFL. Oh, wow. I think, uh, wow. That's, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I just, you know, I, being that I'm a de facto Browns fan, just some, some health and consistency, man. I don't know if that's a real gift, but <laughs> the dog pound, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think they have a chance to make some and make a run. Um, you know, obviously they got a ton of talent, and that 
that uh, division is wide open. So just to see what they could do, some health and some consistency for once would be great. Uh, you know, a great gift to give those Browns, man, uh, at this time. So I don't like Cleveland, um, but I like the <laughs> gift. Um, I'm a big, a big fan of giving gifts. Um, my gift I'm going to give to the Detroit Lions that they are going to win out for the season. Uh, Dan Campbell has that locker room. You know, when we, we saw everything in last week, we went in on Urban. And it's funny, you know, we, we tape on Wednesdays and he gets fired on Thursday. And it was just like, you know, we, we went after Urban and then he gets fired. It was like, yeah, this is fantastic. Um, you know, you look at the, the two contrasts between those teams and the way the locker room handled Urban and the way the locker room responds to Dan Campbell. And you look at the Detroit Lions and they just, they, I, I feel like that locker room it has bought into everything he's doing. Um, I like his passion. I like what he's doing. So I want to see him win out. I want to see him have a, an amazing offseason. And I'd love for Detroit to be back, um, to, to be relevant, to really push, uh, you know, Green Bay in that division and everything. Because I think it would be fun. Justin Fields coming up. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited. So my gift would be the hope of winning for the Detroit Lions. I appreciate what the Lions have done this year. Look at the sidelines in Chicago compared to Detroit, too. There's a lot of ways the Lions have stayed together. Gentlemen, let's make some money here. You went head-to-head last week. Nick took the loss on that one, which, uh, yet, Orlando, you're still trailing on the season, but that's a good head-to-head win for you, taking the Colts over the Patriots. And then, Orlando, you had the upset of the week, too. Uh, Saints over the Bucks, love it. Uh, Nick, you you nailed your upset with Houston, and then you both uh, dropped your over-unders. But uh, so, Nick... Comes in today at 25 and 18 with Orlando creeping back, still dead, but creeping at, <laughs> at, 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 at 20 and 23. Although, hey, uh, I guess nothing's impossible if you went out here and uh, and Nick loses out. So, but Nick, don't do that. Pick of the week. What do you got? Give give some people some uh, some 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 dough here. What who do you like? Win bet by the way for all your gambling needs. W y n n b e t dot com. I would like to uh, I'd like to concede. Um, Orlando had the better week. I would like Orlando to go first. Two and one. He got out of the slumber of one and two. I, I raised my hand as a one and two man from last week. It's Orlando's turn to go first. I, I please. I'll take I it, man. One of the few times I get to go first on on, on our betting uh, odds here. Uh, but my 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 game of the week is the L.A. Rams against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, uh, minus two and a half, and I, I think the Rams are on a row. I think they're playing well. I think they're 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 peaking at the right time. Guys are getting back healthy, uh, so I, I think it'll be a good game. I think you know obviously Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, you know they they have a ton of talent. They're just not doing a lot uh, in terms of scoring. So I'm going with my Rams over the Minnesota Vikings minus two and a half. Um, all right, so the pick of the week for me, uh, we've talked about him as an MVP guy. Uh, Aaron is just, he's playing lights out. Um, coming back home, I, I'm, I'm taking, you know, the Browns had a short week. They've been dealing with a bunch of COVID stuff. Uh, Packers minus seven over the Browns. I think, you know, it, it's, I, I just, I can't see Aaron losing this game. So uh, I feel like he's just going to win the Packers. Will the Packers to a win? No one's having a better time in the NFL right now, seemingly, than Aaron Rodgers. That dude is just uh, on a roll. Uh, upset of the week. That means, Nick, you go first on the upset. Uh, yeah, so uh, in 
in light of my giving gifts of winning to the Lions, I'm taking the Lions plus six over the Falcons. You know, I think they're rolling. I think the confidence coming off of the Cardinals, uh, I think this is a team that is not going to be lulled to sleep and being like, oh, listen, we're great. You know, we beat the Cardinals. We're the greatest team ever. I think Dan Campbell's going to have them hungry. Like, listen, we were able to beat the Cardinals, and now let's go out and show that we can repeat it. Um, so I, I think the Lions plus six is uh, a, a great call for upset of the week. Wow. Okay. Ride the Detroit. That's money where your mouth is right there. I love it. Yep. For me, for me, and, and I'm going to ride my coats a little bit. I know it's only plus one over the Arizona Cardinals, <laughs> but obviously what they're doing, they're my, they're my sleeper Super Bowl pick right now, and they're playing really, really good football. And Arizona's kind of tanking a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins being out really hurt Kyler Murray. So I think, uh, you know, obviously uh, the Colts are, are, are on an upward trend. So I'm, I'm going to ride with my Indianapolis Colts uh, plus one over Arizona Cardinals. Nick, you want to throw the challenge flag on a guy taking the uh, upset of the week on a one-point dog? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, I mean, Mark. <laughs> at least he didn't take the, the pick em, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you really – you hey, want to tease that a little bit? Hey, hey. I'm trying to claw. I'm trying to claw back in this thing, man. You know, <laughs> a win is a win is a win. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. This would be a borderline <laughs> cheating in the gambling world, but we'll we'll allow it, Orlando. That's 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 how we do. Uh, over unders, Orlando, you're up. I'm going with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New York Jet. Next, New York Jets, man. I'm going over 41 points there. I think. Uh, Two bad teams playing each other. I think, you know, a little less defense, a lot of scoring on those. Uh, so I, I believe it'll be over 41 points. Um, so I, th this is a tough one because I just looked it up uh, because I I have my pick written down. But then I, I started thinking about it more as we've been talking and I didn't like it as much. So I looked up the Jacksonville the Jaguars versus the New York Jets at 41. Um, and... I think in the spirit of competition, I'm going to go against what I wrote down in my research, and I'm going to go against Orlando. I'm taking the under Ooh. 41 um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, New York Jets. Um, I think these two teams are obviously um, struggling to figure out what they need to do. It's going to be in New York. It's going to be cold. Um, the wind's going to be whipping through the Meadowlands. Um, I, I'm going to take the under just to go for a little another head-to-head. -head. I lost one. I need redemption. There you go. Great game though, Jags and Jets. This is what you. This is what you. This is what you look for with three weeks to go. Hey, that's what uh, you dream of on Boxing Day. Like, yeah. That's what. That's what you're looking for, right? A day after Christmas. That is. That is the game of the week. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas from Jolly St. Nick, Orlando. Yours truly. Everybody here at, at Bedside. And we appreciate everybody checking out the show. You, you all have a great Christmas week and uh, enjoy week 16. And three, three weeks to go here, playoffs coming around. So we're getting down to it. Gentlemen, great to be with you. Thanks. Thank Merry you. Christmas, Merry Christmas. Everyone. Yep.